You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line, but we don't have any of those. Anyways, why don't we get started with Steve in Alaska. Hey, Steve in Alaska again. I got a call back because I forgot one one detail that I was going to add in. Uh, just to put my uh, my piece in with the Joe DeJanitor. Um, I am also a truther, but... Uh, he kind of reminds me of, of Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas. So, um, yeah, Joe, watch out for yourself, man, because, you know, that didn't work out well for, for that character in that movie in the end. So, careful. Keep the anger under control, bud. All right, y'all take it easy. Bye. Fair enough. All right, we got the sheet out. We're ready to rock and roll. For reference, if you're new here, um, Joe the janitor calls in quite regularly. There was some suspicion that maybe he's not a real person. And so we decided to come up with truther or denier. And so far, it is four to one in the truther column. We also have something for how many wins will the Packers have. Please feel free to call in about that. We only have two submissions on that. Both of them were ten. And then if you want to submit uh, yourself as someone who wanted to come up with a Green Bay Packers theme song, let me know. I said if we get to ten, we'll do something with it. We're sitting at three. Hey, what's going on? This Omar Firefighter, how y'all doing? Uh, I'm, I might be the first caller. I don't know to call at a museum park at Bush Gardens in Virginia. Um, I have my kids to go do something. Then I relax because I don't ride roller coasters no more. <laughs> but I get on fire trucks and drive everybody around. Anyway, side story. Uh, I was calling just to wonder if y'all saw that uh, David Bacchiaro here liked this video on Instagram. And it was a Trent Williams. I know they're cool. That's that's awesome. Have no problem with that. My issue, I don't know if everybody noticed, I don't know if it's the NFL.com or what's the NFL, CBS, I don't know, I don't, CBS, I don't know which one, but it was a video of Trent Williams playing and he was knocking Rashad Perry down on the ground. He's playing the Packers. Like, he did a sweet move and he, like, knocked two or three Packers down on the ground. And David Bobby already liked that video. I just kind of, I mean, I don't know if I'm just hating on him, just to be hating on him. I mean, I like Bacchiara. I get it. He old and he kind of like not into it like he used to be. But I just kind of feel a little funny about that, liking that. I'm just trying to think if it was like if I had a friend and then, you know, my best friend, but he was beating up like my brother. But hey, that was a good job. You knocked him out. Like, I just don't feel like I do that. I kind of feel like that looks bad. Just. But anyway, just was wondering if anybody else, we have a Packers saw that he had liked that video. Um, I didn't have a football, another football question that I should have, but I'll just hit y'all back up when I get done with these kids trying to have fun. All right, anyway, go Pack, go. All right, let me see if I can find this now. So I've referenced this a few times. I listened to this interview prior to Rashawn Gary getting drafted, 
And when I listened to it, I realized something about Rashawn Gary, and that is he is fiercely loyal to his team, to his teammates. Like, he takes this stuff very, very seriously. I just want to play this with you. I'm going to make sure. Okay. I do what I got to do. Okay. Were you on the field prior to the Michigan State game, too? No. uh, That's when I. Now, you might not remember this. I barely remember it, but. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State played each other. It was it was fierce and and it was bad. Like you had Michigan guys going out, like tearing up the field, like scraping their cleats on the. I mean, it was it was it was like hatred. I'm sorry for me. That was one. You know, I was in my apartment watching. That's right, it. you were in the apartment watching. That's right. What did you think of when you saw Devin tear up the middle of the field with with his with his cleats? That's just a game. I wish I was there for. Um, you know, every time you go play our little sister. Oh, boy. Little sister. Oh, my gosh. Twice. You know, it's always the type of passion and anger that you have for that type oh. of game. Just seeing, you know, my brother go out there with the emotions that I would have had times 100. You know, it hurts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we came out with the win and we own Michigan, period. Okay. By the way, he leaned into the leaned microphone in for that. Time, yeah. So, anyways, that... I mean, when... People like you or people like me or whatever kind of talk about stuff like this. I think some people get upset like, oh, just calm down, whatever. Not that big of a deal. And and to some degree it's not, but to some degree I think it is. Do you take this seriously or not? I think the whole, oh, calm down, it's not that big of a deal mentality is kind of an issue. I want this to be a big deal. The fans should not be more passionate about the Green Bay Packers and the players for the Green Bay Packers than the players of the Green Bay Packers. I'm not going to like that video. You're not going to like that video. Why is he liking the video? And I think it just comes down to, because at, at this point in his career, he is a like premier Packers Hall of Famer, but he is just a top-tier tackle. And so he's beyond, he, he's, he's sort of grown beyond the, uh, you know, I'm a Packer and I, you know, it, it's us against the world and all that. He's kind of grown beyond that. Now it's like, I'm a football player, I'm a tackle, we make friends. I've got some of my best friends are these guys. And like you said, he's probably friends with the guy. I don't care. I don't care. Be friends, you know, after football is over. Even if you want to be friends in the off season, but don't start liking stuff like that. I didn't see that, by the way. But, but yeah, I mean, that is the kind of stuff that makes the difference between sort of the mentality that you want, that Rashawn Gary mentality of these are my, you know, my, my brothers in battle. And uh, Bakhtiari's position, which is, this is a job, and I do it to get paid, but otherwise, whatever. So is liking a post of another offensive tackle a big deal? Not really. But if you want your players to give a crap, then probably. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You watch a video that has Rashawn Gary getting thrown on his back, and you like that video, that's stupid. I'm sure it was a montage with some other stuff in it too, but it doesn't matter. You're not on that team. He's not on your team. And part of that highlight is that guy beating your team. You don't like that. I mean, how would you react if Jordan Love liked a video of Justin Fields rushing for a touchdown against the Packers because, hey, we're just quarterbacks here. That's my buddy, man. We hang out. We're friends. I don't give a crap. You don't like that video. I don't care if it's a highlight of all his highlights in the season of just one of them happened to be beating the Packers. He's a rival. You don't do that. And it's not just because you're a rival. You just don't do it, period. So that would be my stance on that. Brian, hi, Jeff from Minneapolis. Hey. Hey, um, 
you had asked about the article. I told you there's an article about Packers fans being among the most intelligent Bears fans. Uh, not so much. It's the Richard Ryman, R-Y-M-A-N, Green Bay Press Gazette article. Uh, Yahoo ran it also. Uh, there's a social media analyst tool, Hyper Auditor, and it was used to rank the educational level of social media followers of every team in the NFL based on the findings of how much does education improve intelligence, a meta-analysis by Stuart Ritchie and Elliot Tucker Drob. Anyways, that's where you can find it. And through that, uh, I guess through this, this research they did, the Packers fans finished fifth most intelligent. Their fans, on the other hand, were 29th. So there you go. Um, I think it's, I don't know, it's hilarious. When Justin Jones decides to make an ass hat out of himself by running his mouth, <laughs> it turns out, actually, buddy, yeah, your fan base is, is the unintelligent group, and ours is actually quite intelligent. So uh, that's where it is. You can look that up. You can Google it. I'm sure and find it. Also, just a reminder, please send me your number if you can. I don't have social media, so uh, it'd be easier to just give you a donation if you can just let me know those four numbers, because I am still getting that kickback where I've got to enter the last four digits of your phone number. Um, I'll keep working try to get around that. But uh only other thing is I I, I uh I heard your and I did read the article uh about the coverage of the Packers corners and how Stokes had ranked with the best cover, uh lack of separation, allowing a lack of separation. He was the the highest rated among the Packers players. And I know Russell Douglas and Jair had good ratings too. When I look at the PFF cornerback numbers um, from last year, Stokes was like a 53.1, Russell was 70-something, and I think Jair was like 80.3. I think Stokes has obviously the speed and athleticism to stay with people, so I'm not surprised. He's also not covering the number one receiver usually on the other team, uh, whereas Jair is. Um, But I don't think, and I'd have to look this up, I'd have to see if there's a data on this, I, I don't think that Stokes can locate the football. His ball skills are limited. And that's where I that's where I struggle with him. I don't see him being able to find the ball. I mean, I, there's tape of him where the receiver will catch a touchdown or catch the football, and then he's turning after the ball's already been caught to try to find the ball. So I, I just think that's an area for him, and I don't know if it's one of those things where I don't know if he'll ever have that skill. So that's my struggle with Stokes. Um, but anyways, Thanks. Hopefully, you can find that article. Um. Well, yeah. I, I so I did see the uh, most intelligent Packer for the most intelligent fans or whatever. I, I didn't know all the backstory into it because I didn't. I, I read deep enough to saw it came from gambling dot com or whatever, but I don't know where that all came from. Um. So I appreciate you. I pulled up the link to that uh, site that did it and whatnot. But um, the the funny thing about it is, I think all Packer fans, if you're on social media, you need to go find that. I, I know Yahoo has that article. Probably other people wrote the article, but the one I have was written on Yahoo. And so, anytime a Bears fan gets in my face and is like, "Oh, Justin Jones is right. You guys are stupid," I just throw that link at their face, and then they usually make some comment about, "Oh, that's a Packers writer, dude." The Packers writer didn't do the analysis, you moron. The Packers reporter is reporting on the analysis. Just demonstrating how dense Bears fans are. But I would recommend you find it, bookmark it, just so you have it on hand. 
As far as the Stokes thing, yeah, that, that that's one of the interesting things because obviously there isn't a direct correlation between the graph, which showed how tight the coverage was, and what PFF deemed as their overall value as, as far as how good they were. That could be a deficiency in the PFF grades, which I would probably guess not, um, or a deficiency in, you know, not even a deficiency, but just seeing that there there isn't that high of a correlation. We would assume that there is, but there doesn't necessarily have to be. One of the, uh, well, I, 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 ball skills could certainly be one of the issues. the 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 biggest problem I'm having is I'm trying to think of where there would be a discrepancy. Like, wh- where is a situation where Stokes was really bad, but he was just sticking on everybody like glue? And my th- first thought is, well, maybe not everybody. Maybe, you know, it's like sticks on him, sticks on him, and then, you know, a broken play. Well, if it's a broken play and Stokes is being blamed for it, and the guy caught a pass 20 yards away from Stokes, he's not going to end the day averaging as being close to him at all. So I, I don't know. I, you'd have to almost go back and look. I mean, it could be a situation where he's just on people's heels but just can't make a play. I don't really know. I mean, if that's the case, that's certainly a positive because it feels like something that could be uh, a positive sign that he is going to end up being very good corner. Um, it could just be very low blown coverages. I don't know. Maybe they don't account for blown coverages. I'm not really sure. But it is interesting because th- there certainly is some correlation there, right? Sauce Gardner was by far the best, and he was one of the best corners in football. So it's not completely random. There is a correlation between being a really tight coverage guy and being a really good corner. Why is there such a big discrepancy with Stokes? It would be worth exploring. I don't exactly have an answer on that. But figure that out, and we learn a ton about Stokes. Hey, Ryan. Dan from California. What's up? Just as a random thought, what's up with the weather? Like, is everything just so inconsistent? Like, I, I go hunting a lot over here in California, and I'm one of those idiots that goes out in basically the desert and hunts, right? And typically where I go, it's kind of like a 100 degree minimum. But I got a season opener next weekend and uh, says it's going to be 70 degrees. What the hell's going on here? I'm, I might actually enjoy myself. Having fun? Hunting? <laughs> Not 100 degrees? This is going to be great. What happened to this global warning thing? I, I don't know. Uh, something's going on. I don't know. Weather's changing. Go back, go. I don't know, man. I've never been uh, hunting in California at this time of year, so I couldn't tell you what's going on. But I'm glad it's going to be more temperate. What are you? What are you hunting? What are you hunting in the desert in California? What the heck is in the desert in California? You hunting scorpions, rattlesnakes? Just got your big old rifle, just blasting stuff. Lizard. <laughs> Freaking got him. Yeah, I don't know, dude, but I uh, hope you have some fun. Hey, Mac, it's Bramble. What's up? <laughs> Recently, uh, did my Patreon again, so. Thank you. Uh, happy I can support. <laughs> um, calling in, Jonathan Jones, a Patriots cornerback, said he doesn't understand why. NFL athletes can't bet on their own team to win. I don't. I think we all know how we freaking jerky. I don't. I mean, I think we all understand how. Not catching any of this so far, but we'll see how she goes. I mean, maybe we don't understand, but so I used to be a big uh, proponent of Pete Rose in the Baseball Hall of Fame. 
because uh, I don't know. All I did was bet on some games, but these NFL players don't get their shit together. They're going to drive revenue down, and the league is going to start taking steps back. Sure, yeah, gambling money is great for the NFL. It's great for fan engagement. But you cannot cast any single shadow of a doubt on the integrity of the game and the players playing it, let alone with the refs behaving the way they've been behaving the last 10 years. Yeah. Ugh, rough times are coming with this gambling stuff, dude. Um, additionally, um, I don't remember. Well, before we move on to that, that that does make sense. I mean, they're obviously the NFL is obviously never going to get away from gambling. The amount of money that they're going to make from all this is just freaking astronomical. But that's also why they're probably being so heavy-handed with all the gambling. And I, I, I would borderline say they're going too far, but it makes sense. Just don't come anywhere near it, anybody, ever. It's like when they create a new rule and it's they, they create an emphasis on that rule where they're just throwing flags in kind of an absurd way. I think that's what they're doing. They're laying a precedent now, now that gambling is opening up, and just saying, we are going to freaking destroy you if you even dabble in this. Even in, like gambling on other sports in the locker room, big trouble. But But you're right. At the same time, I'm guessing what they're catching is mostly people at the facility. And I know there are probably some really, uh, they've got some really impressive ways of tracking these things when people make bets or whatever. But, uh, I mean, there's got to be ways that people are getting around this. And that is going to cause some problems. In fact, all it's going to take is just one referee throwing a questionable flag and then we come to find out that he bet on the game, you know? That's going to really send things into a spiral. But, again, I think that's why they're being so heavy-handed right now to try to just get these players to to just stop. Like, look, we're paying you millions of dollars. You don't need a $400 bet on this freaking game, okay? Go to Vegas and play blackjack if you want to throw your money away on stupid crap. The name, he's just listening to it right now on the uh, latest After Dark, but he's talking about the um, Milwaukee talk shows and Chewy, um, Toner and Homie and, and those guys, um, Toner um, there is a Jason Wilde aggregator podcast uh, aggregator similar to the old Packernet. Um, it's funny that uh, dude mentions Jason Wilde because the Colin Calvert rant you went on yesterday or day before about how he hasn't seen any well throws or how someone hadn't seen any well throws if you happen to go back and listen to Wilde talk for the last month on those shows on the aggregator all he says is he hasn't seen any wild yeah. throws. Well, he's seen a couple recently, but I mean, it's kind of easy to tell where Cowherd's getting his, um, right. his, uh, I don't know, his content from. It's very low effort, and I wouldn't put much into it because he's a douchebag. Um, anyhow, I am really not interested in any kind of ukulele off. Um, <laughs> The only ukulele off I like is ukulele being off. So, anyhow, go back, go. Talk to you later. Yeah, I I don't know if that came up on the podcast or if somebody just mentioned that to me off the podcast, but um, somebody had reached out to me and told me that that was Wildy, who has been saying consistently that he hasn't seen any wow throws. And the fact that the, the terminology is exactly the same, it really just goes to show 
that that's who he's talking about. Now, I think Colin Coward said, um, and he may have just been super slick, because if, if I'm remembering right, and I'm not going to look it up, I think his quote was, somebody that is very close to the team, I'm not going to say whether this is a current or former player, which would lead you to believe that it is a player, but it doesn't have to be. It could absolutely just be some reporter who has been using that terminology the entire time. In fact, this entire Colin Coward situation, where, where he just turned heel and, and ran, it might entirely be with having a conversation with some of the Packers media. And we know that the Green Bay Packers media, like, you know, not necessarily the YouTubers, podcasters, whatever, but a lot of sort of the old head, actual AM radio types are very, you know, newspaper writers. They're very um, pessimistic, just in general. And a lot of them are very down on Jordan Love. And so all it would have taken is a simple phone call from Jason Wildey or to Jason Wildey to say, hey, give me some inside scoops for what's going on. And the guy's like, look, I don't think Love's got it. And so now Colin Coward says, oh, I've got the inside scoop. And so he's going to come up with some BS about, you know, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been looking at the clippings. Have you seen the clippings lately? Right? He's trying to make it seem like he's done the investigative work and he's been able to kind of figure it out. But in reality, that's probably not what happened. What probably happened is he got a tip off from some of the media that just doesn't like Jordan Love and is not impressed by Jordan Love. And is trying to make it seem like he figured it out by himself. And then later, when he went on his second rant, he, he said, I've got an inside scoop. When in reality, he's probably talking about the exact same thing. And the guy said he hasn't seen any wow throws. Which, if you think about it, what could he even be talking about? I mean, we all knew it wasn't a current player. I mean, it, it could have been, but it's very unlikely any current player is going to say that. So we assumed it was a player. I assumed it was a player because he made it seem like it was. And so I started thinking about which player would have said that. And, I, you know, somebody had made a, a comment about uh, Big Dog having a relationship with him, and I thought, well, that could be it. But now that I think about it, really, Mercedes Lewis is going to badmouth Jordan Love? I doubt it. He might, but I doubt it. It makes much more sense because, again, I, it, it's fake. Anybody that's actually been there with Jordan Love has seen wow throws. We've all seen it. You, if you watched his preseason or any of his regular season games, you saw it. We've heard about it from reporters. So why would somebody say that when it clearly isn't true unless it is just a general Jordan Love detractor and a guy that apparently on his show has been saying consistently he hasn't seen any wild throws. Now, apparently, and I think you alluded this to this too, he has recently changed his tune on that. But I, yeah, it, it's, the whole thing is dumb. And again, I just want Jordan Love to come out and dominate just so I can shove it in so many people's faces. And Colin Coward is probably number one on that list. Although there are a lot of Bears fans just begging for it. But after I go through Twitter and find out they all deactivated their accounts, I'll just go straight to Colin Coward. Anyways, why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back and uh, see what else Bramble's got going on for us. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view 
on all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Packy, it's Brandon yep. again. Um, talk about video games. Uh, let's see. Right. I was born in 82, so I was basically the, the sweet spot for all the video games. Yeah. Um, my grandma bought, she had like eight kids, and each one of those kids had like five kids. So it was like in 1987 or 88, she bought like nine Nintendos. Nice. And gave them to all the kids. Uh, that was one of the best Christmases ever. Oh, yeah. Um, getting Mario and, of course, Duck Hunt with Yo, the gun. Duck Hunt was dope. So that was cool. Um, playing Super Nintendo with my brother and sister being the oldest. You know, it was a single-player game, and you had to alternate. Yep. So um, there was a lot of uh, hope you die, 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 <laughs> as you're, you know, running with Mario. And then... Of course, you'd eventually you'd die, and then um, we'd take the controller by the cord and just whap each other because that's what kids do. Yeah. Um, and then a few years later, we got the Super Nintendo. Yep. Um, Super Nintendo was awesome. Came with a uh, a rocket launcher called the Super Scope Six. Our grandma got us. It was a full on like AT4 uh, style like. Shoulder mounted rocket launcher Did type thing with that. a button on it so you could shoot like there was a submachine or a submarine game where you could shoot torpedoes and stuff. Um, it's just like an upgraded duck hunt. Um, it was pretty cool. The, uh, the best Christmas was like 1993. I got the Sega Genesis with the, the Madden 93 game and that was the end of it. Madden every year for years and years and years. Um, to get into your point about Madden and not changing, Madden hasn't changed since, uh, I don't know, 2005. Um, every year, yeah, you, it's about they what used I was to come out with new features where, let's see, you could strafe left or right, or the hit stick, or, you know, yeah. throwing control, you had vision control. Now it's the same game every year. You just get different rosters. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is crazy, you pay that much money for an updated roster. You know? <laughs> I mean, it, w- it was a big deal when the new Madden came out. Like, what are all the new features? Like, I remember when uh, the first time, what did they call that? Um, when you just got to be the player, you know, and then you got drafted and all that. Like, the first time, that ca- I was obsessed with that. Like, that was what I did. Like, you get drafted, and you find out what team you got drafted by. Maybe Madden still does that. I, I thought they got rid of it, and people got kind of ticked off or whatever. 
But I thought that was a freaking awesome thing. You'd get like text messages from your agent. Then you can go work out. You got like training camp and all this stuff. Then you got preseason games. And then as you go along, you get better as a, as a player. Your your stats get better. And I thought that was a lot of fun. And then apparently they were like, oh, that's stupid. Let's just go back to this. And yeah, and it, it just, it, it started to feel like Madden was like the, the, the massive jump in improvements of graphics kind of hit a wall and started to flatten out. Like they used to be massive leaps. Especially, like, even when new gaming systems came out, like I said, new gaming system came out and it was like, holy crap, dude, this is massive as far as how different it is. Now you go from a PS4 to a PS5, it's like the same freaking thing. What is the difference? I look at the graphics of the new Madden games that come out and I'm like, that looks like what it was in, I don't know, 2010? 20, I don't know what year when it was just kind of like, this is about as good as we can get. It's kind of like how TVs start to get better and better quality. It's like, this is the, you know... It's not 4K, it's not 8K, it's 16K. It's like, bro, I can't tell the difference anymore. Now it's getting to the point where it's like, yeah, but check out those deep blacks. I'm like, well, I mean, that's actually kind of cool, I guess, but I'm not paying 20 grand for that. Well, we can't really do any better than this. So there you go. Our, our cameras on cell phones. It's like, now we've got three cameras with 65 billion zoom and 7,000 billion megapixels. And it's like, bro, it looks exactly the same as the last camera i mean i i i can't tell unless i'm trying to zoom in on like the fly on the lady behind my grandma's shoulder i don't notice a difference so yeah i mean games kind of lost their appeal after a while because it, it did start sort of become like this you know i don't know there's there's really nothing new it's just kind of doing different stuff repackaged and sometimes the repackaging is cool you know like total war which i love playing when the new total war was would come out like the graphics would be so much better and everything and then then that all kind of flatlined and it became about like different controls and ways of playing and then it just got complicated. Like I'm I'm literally playing it right now and you play as the dwarf. I, I like playing dwarfs because that's just my style of playing. I like cannons and stuff, guns and cannons, but it's like, it's so complicated. Like, well, you gotta, you gotta like mine for coal on top of the gold, you gotta get coal. And then with coal, you can make armaments. And with armaments, you can make this. And you gotta get slaves to make the coal to get the arm. But if you have too many, then you lose control. And you, you, you start to, you know, this. and then, But if you, you can use extra so that you can get this. And you use this to upgrade this. And you can upgrade. There's three different upgrade paths. There's the industrial upgrades, the, the weapon upgrade, or the, the army upgrades, and then the sorcery upgrades. And then there are also limits to how many of these guys you can get. But you can up the limits with the armaments. And then also you can upgrade these things with the... Like, dude, I just want to fight an army and watch it blow up. This is too much. This is too much. I'm not keeping track of all this crap. But if they don't do that, then it's like, well, we got the same game repackaged. So I don't know. I think we've just kind of peaked. <laughs> but now we got like VR and we got to go in different directions to take those leaps to the next level, I guess. The best things about video games was, um, like I said, we all had tons of cousins. My grandma had a house in the lake and mine on. And, uh, you know, every weekend we'd go down there, there'd be at least 10 to 15 grandchildren. Um, and the older ones, you know, three years older than us, they would sit there and play um, games on the Nintendo, like, uh, I don't know, Rygar or was it Dragon Quest or something? Double Dragon? But we'd literally sit there for hours and just watch the older kids play these games. Yeah. I'm sure the parents, I, I, I can't imagine how liberating they must have felt when this <laughs> stuff came out and we were just gone for 
Yeah, he's got. I'll let him finish here. But... Well, I got cut off for the first time ever. Um, so those video games, man, they're exciting. So, yeah, I mean, just sitting there watching the older family members play the games and, and helping them. And, um, of course, Legend of Zelda, all that stuff was great. Um, but that's great. I have a son now who's 11, and... Um, we really connect on like video games and stuff. So I'm just grateful that they're there and, and um, you know, whatever. Um, oh, also used to hook up the uh, Pong on the TV. That was cool. But anyhow, have a good one. All right. Yeah, you too. Um, yeah, that that really must have been must have been nice, and that that was kind of kind of my childhood you know we had like five gaming systems downstairs in those massive wooden uh entertainment centers so you got all your gaming systems your vcr and then you got the tv with whether you had bunny ears or whatever the situation was but that was my deal and it was cool too to be like mm, should i play sega or should i play like nintendo playstation my brother was the one that wanted to get out of the house he'd get on his bike and just leave and i would just hide in the basement we had different ways of dealing with problems <laughs> he basically ran away from home and i hid in the basement and played games but yeah you mentioned uh hooking pong up to the tv the other thing that i remember was when my grandpa my grandparents had an accounting business um i'd go over to their office when i was little and this is like pre-internet not official internet but like before anybody else had internet early 90s i guess i don't know and my grandpa would hook me up with a computer like in the back and he'd pop in this floppy disk and type in, like, I don't know what, it was DOS, so you're typing in these codes and everything else, and then pops up like Frogger. So that'd be like a floppy disk that had Frogger on it, and then you would run the floppy disk, and I would just sit there and play Frogger on the on this old garbage computer. Great times. It really does, now that I think about it, it really does feel like people that grew up, like, in the... 80s and 90s really saw a lot of transformation it feels like if you were born like i don't know probably like 1995 or later you didn't really get to experience that it's just like now i mean obviously you had social media and stuff like that but even with that like you you probably had social media most of your entire life because it was 2000 by the time you were five right and i know facebook rolled around like 2005 so you would have been like 10 years old and we got facebook and stuff so there's vague memories of not social media, but pretty much I've always had social media. But gaming systems, it's like there's always been like PlayStation and Xbox. Like what what has happened? There's just it's it's all just like we have the same stuff, we're just upgrading it. Like cell phones are already a thing, they're just getting better. PlayStation and Xbox are like your two options, and then we very rarely upgrade them, and not much really even happens when they upgrade. It's just like a new system. Things just keep happening faster and more. But there's no like big change what's the biggest revolutionary thing that's happened i, mean, I think ai is knocking on the door in terms of what that's going to be able to you've got like ai slash vr and ar like there, there's like a thing kind of here that you can absolutely see the magnitude of where this could head but we're not a hundred percent there yet in terms of it being necessarily revolutionary changing every human being well every first world human being's life forever Brian, Kyle from Madison. What's up? You're talking about the first video game that became an obsession. Yeah. 
I'm not going to tell you what <clears throat> mine was, but <clears throat> okay. if you're OG, you will know if I tell you the following information. <laughs> left, right, I read left, it. right, up, down, up, down, B, A, select, start. Hmm, I wonder what that could be. I don't know. I can't figure it out. I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I just can't. I can't get there. And and and, and that's another thing. Again, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to pull my old fogey card here. And may, maybe there is stuff like this, but do you know how huge that was to find out that there were secret codes in Mortal Kombat to create or or to do uh, secret finishing moves, and how much time we spent trying to execute those moves? We had a guy in school named Ronnie. Ronnie knew all the codes. And that's the thing. Like, there's there's no Google. Google wasn't a thing. This was when I was in uh, second or third grade. I remember talking to Ronnie about this stuff. Could have been first grade. I don't know. But you'd be in the lunchroom. You'd be eating your soggy peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Ronnie's over there eating his hot lunch. Rib sandwich. You're like, dude, bro, Ronnie. Hey, man. Do you know about those secret codes, bro? He's like, what you need, man? I'm like, look. I hear that scorpion will take his mask off, which in and of itself is crazy, and will breathe fire and, like, melt somebody. It's also crazy that, like, we all played this game. Nobody seemed to care. Like, my dad thought it was dope. Like, I'm like, Dad, come here. Sub-Zero is going to rip this girl's head off. And he's like, yeah, right. So I'm sitting there trying to punch in the coat. And we can't get it. And then he goes upstairs, and then I get him to rip her head off. I'm like, Dad, I ripped her head off. And no, you didn't. Yes, I did. I did do it. She's laying in a pool of her own blood, Dad. Johnny Cage, uppercut decapitation. See what else we got here. Scorpion, breath of fire, sub-zero, head rip. Sonya, kiss of death. I remember the kiss of death. Yeah, dude. It was so crazy. Kano ripped somebody's heart out. I remember it must have been like a later game or whatever, but they had the, uh, remember those one you'd like uppercut somebody and they'd fall on like a bed of spikes? Something like that. But yeah, they got a picture of sub-zero here having decapitated somebody and you can see his spine hanging there with him so yeah that was that was that was a friggin good old days man and i have to tell my kid to uh not come over here when i'm on the computer if i'm playing warhammer because it's fighting makes me sad but i get it and technically mountain blade i did add in the thing where you could decapitate people and cut off limbs and stuff so again i get it you know probably shouldn't be watching that and stuff but there is that sort of dad instinct that wants to bring your kid over put your arm around him be like dude check this out (laughs) i don't know man guys are weird i guess okay i screwed that up it's up up down down left right left right ba black start don't want to mislead the kids yeah well you freaking sound like ronnie now giving me bad codes that don't work so thanks a lot jerk Hey. What's up, man? What's up? Joe. Janitor. Connecticut. Hi. How's it going? No, it's good. Oh, man. So, um, I was thinking about Eric Stokes. Uh, for some reason he popped up in my head. And I'm just really wondering why we haven't heard anything about him. And it's kind of worrying me. Um, I think back in, like, my lifetime as a Packers fan, we've lost some serious, significant players to... Um, to, you know, career-ending injuries, such as, you know, Sterling Sharp when I was a kid, 
um, Jermichael Finley, Nick Collins. Uh, yeah, I mean, those were huge losses. Um, you know, I'm just hoping that Eric Stokes is going to suffer the same fate. And if he does, this does come back, man. I hope he didn't lose his test. Sorry, man. I'm not working today, so I already had a couple Pats blues. It's a little uh, slurred, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember my grandfather used to always uh, talk about this cornerback we had in the 80s. I think it was the early 80s, like this first-round draft corner that we uh, we drafted. And um, I guess he was uh, very good for a couple seasons, very promising. Something like, uh, I think, 17 interceptions in 50 games and uh, career-ending neck injury. So I'm just hoping something bit bad doesn't happen with Eric Stokes as well. Um, so... Joe the janitor uh, does have a feeler out for a janitorial job. Um, it's actually at the local uh, community college baseball campus. Um, it will be their stadium, um, taking care of the stadium. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. You know, I think it might even uh, during games be uh, serving hot dogs and drinking beer. <laughs> I mean, serving beer. Yeah, yeah I. I can't drink beer at work anymore after the last time doing one that's uh, happened again. Uh-huh. Uh, nor do I want to lose another job. But hey, I guess the temp agency uh, didn't call me back. Um, apparently, that Gen Z bastard, yeah, well, one of his buddies worked on the roofing job site with me and also had something negative to say about me. I'm pretty sure I didn't do anything wrong. I'm pretty sure they're just buddies, and they got together against me. But, um, yep, enough of that temp agency. Um, rest in peace. Show them. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on Stokes a little bit, and honestly the answer is just I, I really don't know. It's been a weird situation. It's been very weird in terms of just not hearing things the way I thought I would hear things. Um, they seem like they're being evasive and again, just the whole, like, here's our corners. And then they just don't even mention Stokes, you know, like, well, is he not being mentioned just because he's injured or like, he'll, but when he comes back, like he's totally going to be our starting corner. Is it because he's bad? I don't, it's just, it's kind of weird. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things we got to keep our ear to the ground on and, probably continue to uh, read between the lines because they're going to be somewhat evasive in terms of the way that they answer this. Like, oh, you know, he's still working through some stuff with his injuries and this, that, or the other without being ultra-specific about, like, okay, when is he coming back and is he going to start when he comes back? Like, if he was healthy today, is he a starting corner or is he a backup or what are we doing here? Would they answer that question? I have no idea. But we got a couple weeks until the boys are back, so uh, we'll see about getting some answers to some questions and whatnot. But I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.